What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 163 of the Masterclass Podcast. My name is Cam Brennan, and of course, I'm joined by Dave Hogue. What's up? Hey, how are you? Yeah, that's how I am, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly yeah. how I am, but I am excited to be here and to talk with you, so... I would agree. That makes me feel less and more like, hey. <laughs> I would echo that sentiment. Yes. Cool, cool. So, um, whew, there's there's a lot that's happened since we recorded last, Dave. Um, I think we're probably going to get into some of it based on the passage that we're covering tonight. So, I'm in, kind of inclined just to jump right into it and see where that takes us. Is that fair? That's fair. Or would you rather address some stuff up front or? No. We didn't really talk about it. We just hit record. Yeah. Yeah. No, all I right. Think... We'll, we'll let the Bible lead the way and, and where the conversation <laughs> goes, the conversation shall go. So we are going to continue on in James chapter four. We're going to cover verses 11 and 12 tonight. Would you like to do the honors, sir? Absolutely. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? This one feels a bit loaded considering the uh, current <laughs> climbs of our uh, mm-hmm. country. For the record, we're recording this on June 8th, the year of our Lord, 2020. Um, it probably won't get released for a little while because that's just how we roll. But just <laughs> for posterity's sake, that's, that's when we're recording this. Um, all right, so do not speak evil against one another, brothers. I think this is great advice, Dave. Turns out the Bible's full of it. Great advice, Mm. not it. Full of great advice. (laughs) Don't want to get myself in trouble there. And I think, again, just like a lot of what James has to say, it's like common sense. Mm -hmm. Like, just don't speak evil to other people. It's amazing. Like when you treat other people with dignity and respect and kindness and grace, how pleasant your interactions with other humans can generally be, right? And, and I don't think James is saying don't speak evil so that your days are easier, right? I don't think that's his motive here. I think he's saying don't do it because it's the right thing to do, right? But I also think there are, you know, there are ways in which you can make wise decisions in your interactions with the humans so that you both have a pleasant interaction. And a lot of it's just common sense, but a lot of it is also backed up in the Bible with how God tells us to treat one another and how Jesus exemplified treating one another. And this one just seems super basic to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it reminds me of like Thumper from Bambi, right? His mom. <laughs> can't say anything good. Don't say anything at all. Yes. And that's like very much like the the mid-century mom view, right? The way that it's phrased, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Just don't don't 
don't speak evil onto people. I mean, I don't know how else to say it other than him, but like, I just, I guess I can say I'm in agreement with James on this one. Yeah, I, I think what, where the problem lies in is that people don't believe they're speaking evil. I think they believe they're quote unquote speaking truth. And yes, uh, not, not only that, but, you know, they're being biblical and they are, uh, you know, they very much have the perspective of, you know, it's not just we disagree. It's not just that we have a different perspective on things. It is you are wrong and you're going to hell because you're wrong. And it's my job to make sure that you are set on the right path. And so, therefore, we don't just disagree. It's you're wrong and you're going to pay for it eternally because you're wrong. I think. <laughs> That's well, my... But, well- so we have to be a bit more specific there, though, because, right, like God says that. Mm-hmm. If, if I don't know you, then, yeah, you are going to spend. So, like, but again, to, to James' point, we're not the judge. God is. That's God's job. Sure. He's the only one that sure. can save or destroy. That's not us. So, I mean, to, like, pull back the curtain here, right, like, if someone says that it's wrong that your skin is black or brown, and they believe it to be true, and they think that they're speaking truth, well, then there's a problem, right? Because what they're saying doesn't align with what we know to be true about what God says about people in the Bible. And so, to your point, right, there, there, there are people that think that being racist is right and true, and some of them even defend it with the Bible, which is... I, I, oh, what's, how do I say this? Um, insane? I guess uh, I'm agreeing with you now that I've actually worked it out out loud instead of in my mm-hmm. head like a smart person. But yeah, there, to your point, there are people, and that's not just about racism, right? There's, you know, God hates and then enter whatever thing that your clan says is bad. Mm-hmm. You know, and there are like there are people that will picket uh, weddings of two homosexual people, or will picket weddings of soldiers coming. Or I mean, sorry, a picket uh, soldiers coming home, or you know, this, that, or the other thing, right? And they're all def- they're all claiming they're right because the Bible says they're, and it's just it's not true. That's not it's not true, and so that to your point, I think is the frustrating part because if it was just simply a matter of, well, actually the Bible says this, then there'd be a whole lot less hate in the world, right? Or not even including the Bible, but just like, well, actually, you know, I guess we just talk about the Bible for talking about human value, but you were going to say something. I'm going to shut up because I don't know what I'm trying to say. So save me, David. Well, I don't know. I'm going to save you that, so I, you know, I think the context here is, you know, it's when, when James is referring to brothers, I feel like this context that James is speaking of here is he's talking to the people that would collectively say, okay, we believe in God. You know, if you want to get specific, I do think it's, you know, people that 
would consider them Christians, consider themselves Christians, consider themselves followers of Jesus. And so for me, there is, you know, I, I come from a um, evangelical Presbyterian background and uh, we had the essentials. And so uh, I, I, I butchered this, but in essentials, unity, non-essentials, charity, or I, yeah, see, I can't remember what it is now, but basically what is, what really matters in the tenets of, you know, Christianity? And it's that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. I mean, I really think that's what matters. And then you can argue just about any point in terms of what are the sacraments? What is, you know, when should you get baptized? Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's all kinds of things. And so that's what just surprises me is in all this is that people who claim to believe in the same God and claim that Jesus is their Lord and Savior can absolutely just get caught up in what I think are non-essentials. And the fact that some people act like you can't be a Republican and be a Christian, or you can't be a Democrat and be a Christian, or, you know, these are the things that I feel like I'm seeing out there. Like, cause they're certainly racist. I absolutely believe racism is alive and well in this country. And, um, <laughs> there are people that would consider themselves Christians, uh, and still be racist. I just, I absolutely am just dumbfounded by the way people will just draw a line in the sand and act like you can't have faith if you believe a certain thing that really, you know, I, homosexuality, we, we mentioned that. I think the Bible is fairly clear on that, um, but Jesus never talked about it. It wasn't an important thing for him. Uh, he talked a lot about money. And the love of money. And I see a lot of Christians that are absolutely fine with living in very expensive homes and living very comfortable lifestyles and making no, well, I shouldn't say no effort. They don't give what they could probably really give to help other people. I, I don't. I'll, I'll put it to you that way. I don't give what I could give, mm -hmm. you know. And so that's, I, I, and if I'm beating a dead horse, if this is all things that we've said before, I don't know. Um, but boy, it sure seems like we're, we've gotten way off track of what Jesus is all about and what our faith is all about. And I'll shut up now. Cause I have my kind of next thought. So I don't know. Carry on. <laughs> so, um, one of the things that just hit me this week is, uh, Galatians, uh, five and, uh, the fruits of the spirit. And, um, well, I'll even go, um, I'll even go back, uh, a little bit to verse 19, Galatians five nineteen. Now the words of the flesh are evident, um, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcer sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like this. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, 
there is no, no law. And so, um, I just, I, I guess I personally don't feel like I am seeing a lot of the fruit of the spirit from Christians in all this. <laughs> and, and I, I'll put myself in that same category. I, I don't, I, you know, I don't want to be putting the blame on anybody else, but it just really hit me of just, boy, we are more worried about being right and proving a point than we are about loving each other. It just seems like. Well, you know, I mean, if I'm right and you're wrong, that makes me better than you, Dave. So it strokes my ego a little bit. <laughs> Builds a hierarchy into the relationship or the culture. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I really do think it gets down to, like, and I don't know if you've ever had this thought, Dave. When you think to, like, how you were raised, mm-hmm. and then you see people that live differently, your first thought is, oh, well, you're doing it wrong. Because sure. I was raised this way. And like we put our parents or our our uh neighborhood or family like on this pedestal that like, well the cer- certainly that they, they couldn't have taught me wrong things. I mean, that would just be insane for my parents to have taught <laughs> me things that aren't accurate and right. Yeah. And it's like, well who says so? But like that's was has been my thought for a long time. It's like, well, you do it that way. That's weird. That doesn't make any sense. You must be wrong. Well, no, it's just different. It doesn't mean it's wrong or right or better or worse. It means it's different. And I think a lot of that initial pushback, especially for me, is like, well, if you do something and I don't have a place to like slot that in my spectrum of right and wrong or, you know, oh, cool or bad or whatever, like, I don't know what to do with it. So I'm just going to go, oh, you're wrong. Because it's easier to just disregard something that doesn't fit into your, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like your Rolodex of mm-hmm. morals or, 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 or whatever. Then to sit there and really do the work of like, well, let's think about that. Why do I think that it's wrong? Why is that my gut reaction? What is that really pushing back against? in my, my mind or my heart? Is it just because when I was seven, my mom said this and what you're doing conflicts with that? Or is it really like, no, I think that conflicts with what I believe to be true about the world and what the Bible says. There's a huge gap between those two things. What my mom said once when I was seven and what the God of the universe (laughs) said in the Bible, right? That gap is massive. But sometimes we put more emphasis on what my mom said when I was seven than what we do about what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. And like, I love my mother. She is a flawed human being with her own issues and her own baggage from who she grew up with and who she grew up around. And like she grew up in Detroit and when the race riots were going on, she was a kid. Like she grew up in one of the more racially segregated cities in the whole country. Mm -hmm. Is my mom a racist? No. Does she probably have tendencies and thoughts that would not align with that, what I just said? Yeah, probably I do. I would, I would say I'm not a racist, but there are times where I prejudge or assume something about somebody else simply because of how they look. And so I guess technically that would make me a racist in that regard. But I tell myself I'm not one because I don't do anything uh, outwardly that would suggest that. But I still have that inner struggle of those just assumptions coming before I can even figure it out. And so my struggle these past, you know, few weeks has been 
why is my gut reaction to think this about that person? I don't know them. Mm -hmm. I don't, they're a stranger to me. Yeah. They could be the coolest person. And my initial reaction is making assumptions about them based on their outward appearance. Mm -hmm. And that's, that is a huge struggle for me because I know it's not right and I don't want to do it. But it's like Paul says, like wretched man that I am, I do the things that I don't want to do and the things that I don't want to do, I do or however he puts it. Right. And I guess all of this being said, I think that I'm trying to somehow rope this back into what we were talking about earlier. Cause I just realized I don't know how I got here. I feel lost. Um, <laughs> The Bible says that out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And you, usually what we have in our heart is what we believe to be true and what we believe to be right. And we will defend it for that very reason. And so I think that if someone is speaking evil or speaking hate or speaking in ways that ostracize people because you don't fit their view, it's their attempt to defend what they believe is right. And that doesn't make it right, but it, it helps, I think, get you into the psyche of why someone might be doing that. And I don't know how to combat that. I don't know how to combat that in myself, like I just said. And so how, 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 we, how we build bridges in, in you know, I, sorry, my, my brain is spinning right now because there's just so much around this topic, <laughs> right? And there's so much that I want to say, so much that I don't know how to say. But I guess it comes back to the fruit of the Spirit that you were just talking about, right? The, the juxtaposition of what you said the fruit of the Spirit was versus the other junk. Mm-hmm. And anyone reading that would go, oh, gosh, I want the fruit of the Spirit. That's so much better. But how often do our initial reactions lie in that first section? Mm-hmm. So I think that was what I was trying to get to. I'm not really quite sure. Like I said, I think I just disappeared for about five minutes and then showed back <laughs> up mid, mid thought stream. That tends to happen sometimes um, when I'm not thinking about what I'm saying and just talking. <laughs> well, and I, you know, I guess I'll just say that I, I mean, I, it's in my interpretation of what you're saying of, but, they're really just this is this element of it, it seems to me, and maybe this is just you know middle class America in the twenty first century, but we really do just seem to like not have uh curiosity or be inquisitive of things that are different than us, like it just seems to like we just sort of have this like kind of like what you were saying of well, the way I was raised, the way my world is is the right way. Mm-hmm. But then when you look at the, at the vastness of the world, like that's such a, it's just oh, such it's, an asinine position to have. And it's I mean, the height of hubris, right? Yeah. To look at the rest of the world full of all of these vibrant cultures and different expressions of art and music and food and architecture and like all of the things that God allows us to express our creativity through to reflect his creativity in the universe. And I can look at my 
upper middle class white suburban house in Detroit and go, yep, this is the way it was intended. And it's like, yeah, what? exactly. That's- <laughs> what, a, what a dumb, stupid, ignorant, and just foolish view. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But I, and but all I the fight, crap but I that fight we have that. in it. And yeah. yeah. And I fight it every single day because it's been ingrained in me, even by parents who didn't want to ingrain it in me. We went to church in the city for that reason. But it was always ingrained in me that people are people, regardless of mm-hmm. where they come from or what they look like. But yet, even with that being ingrained in me, I still grew up where I grew up with the kids that I grew up, and I still have to fight that every single day. And mm-hmm. that sounds like an excuse, and I don't want it to be an excuse. But it is the reality of what I have to process every single day and what I have to re-educate myself on and what I have to retrain my, like, my instincts to be. And my instincts should be, oh, person, oh, different. Different means a chance to learn and a chance to appreciate a different um, perspective on life and beauty and the meaning of all those things. Like that should be, and that's like we're talking about in youth group right now is like, we should see different and go, Ooh, interesting. Like to your point, where's my curiosity? Yeah. It shouldn't be, Ooh, different, <laughs> you know, get away. <laughs> and, and, and that's my inner struggle with all of this is, is to practice what I preach in this regard, especially because of the community I live in, which is super diverse. I have every day the opportunity to see difference. Mm -hmm. Like even today on the way to get my haircut, there was uh, an older African-American gentleman, uh, full gray beard, so older, right? Uh, Just walking down the alley. And we had a really like nice 10-second conversation, just treating each other like human beings. Hey, how are you today, sir? Oh, I'm doing all right, son. How are you? Trying to hang in there. Oh, me too. You fight the good fight, son. Yes, sir. Have a nice day. And it was super pleasant, right? And I could have, we could have just ignored each other. Yeah. Right? Like so many, but like just engaging someone who is different from me, even in that way, does that solve the global or the, the, you know, the country's pandemic of racism? No, of course not. But it was an opportunity for me to make a choice. Do I acknowledge this guy as a fellow human being and, and be pleasant towards him? Or do I just walk into the building and get my haircut? Walking into the building and get my haircut's not evil. <laughs> but spending 10 to 15 seconds just to talk with him and just to say hi and engage in a nice human back and forth, that's the much better option. Yeah, that, that's where my head is at with all of this is, is, is trying to process what my initial reactions are, why they are them, and then how I can change them going forward so that I can learn. And not just like learn how to be a better human, but just like learn from other people, right? There's so much I don't know. Mm-hmm. So much I don't know. Yeah. And no one likes to be the ignorant guy in the room, but the only way not to be is to be curious. Yep. You know? And that means having conversations and asking questions and being willing to be super, super wrong in learning a different, different uh, viewpoint. So I think that was what I was trying to say originally. So <laughs> I, I, I genuinely think I'm going to go back and listen to this and I edit and be like, oh man, what a, what a word vomit. Yeah. 
not that that matters. It, I'm not here to impress anyone with how eloquent I can be because, you know, if that were the case, I don't think I would have lasted one episode. But <laughs> back to uh, James, it says in verse 12, there's only one lawgiver and judge. He was able to save and to destroy. But who, who are you to judge your neighbor? Which what's coming to my mind now is the end of Job when Job meets God. <laughs> and and Job is like listing all of these, you know, really awful, terrible things that have happened to him. And God's like, yeah, where were you when I did all of this? And like, you know, just <laughs> pretty much drops the mic on him. Yeah. It's like, yeah, what happened to you sucks, but you're not God. I am. And here's my resume. And I think it is something that I need daily is the reminder that I am not God. I am not in control. I do not understand all things or all people. I do not have the capacity to do so. And it's not even on my shoulders to act that way. Right? Like it is what is on my shoulders is to treat people the way that I want to be treated, to love others as God has loved me. That's my job. My job is not to judge. My job is not to teach you how to do it correct. My job is not to understand the why of all things. Mm -hmm. My job is to take the love I receive from God and show it to other people. Yep. And man, that sounds so much better yeah. than worrying about keeping all of, you know, the universe in alignment. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, that's exactly like, what is your purpose behind all of this? Like, what is your reasoning for, you know, uh, I, I get that there is a certain element of you can throughout the Bible, you can, you can see people that stand up for God and, you know, God wants that. He wants us to stand up for him. He wants us to, to defend him and his word. But the thing oh, is, is, he doesn't, he doesn't need us to do that. And so often I feel like what I'm hearing and I'm seeing is this, you know, like if I don't do this, nobody will. And, uh, it, but it's like you said, you can do that and you can love somebody, you know, I, and that's, again, I, you know, I'd like to meet the person that became a Christian because somebody made a really good argument. You know, it's like, Oh, you won me over. You proved your point. You mean apologetics is not all Dave? That's not the, <laughs> the highest, the highest level. No, because I would even say that apologetics that have been effective are apologetics that were in the context of a relationship where, you know, somebody who is a very cerebral person or somebody who needs that, Mm -hmm. has that presented to them by somebody who loves them and is caring and is not, you know, uh, I think we've talked about Dallas Willard. Was it just even last time about not having to have the last word mm -hmm. and how difficult that is for people. And it's yeah, like, no. Gosh. And, and so even in that of just kind of like, you know, if I have a conviction that I need to speak, I should certainly speak. And I should not worry about whether I'm going to be liked or not liked. And so if I need to speak truth because God has laid it on my heart to speak truth, then I should certainly do that. But again, that whole, who are you to judge your neighbor? 
Um, God's got that aspect covered, and his judgment matters, and it matters for eternity. Yeah, it's, I just, I think it's freeing to be able to focus on what we're supposed to focus on. And like you said, let God do his job. He doesn't need our help. If anyone doesn't need our help, (laughs) it's God, right? And so I guess what, what I'm encouraged with from this is the truth that I know that I judge people. Mm-hmm. Inherently, I, ju- I judge people. And that's something that I have to work through. But I know that that judgment is sin. I also know that my sin is forgiven. But I also know that Jesus wants me to be perfect as he is perfect. So there has to be work done in that area in my life. And what's encouraging about that is that if I focus on where God is calling us, the fruit of the Spirit, right? If I'm looking for those characteristics to be true in my life and focusing on those then my hope is, as I learn, as I grow, as I mature, as the Holy Spirit continues to shape me, less and less is my initial reaction going to be judgment, evil, hate, um, pride, you know, that whole list. And I just, I guess I'm... I'm eager for the Holy Spirit to continue that work in my life where I am more gracious, I am more merciful, I am more empathetic. That's not a fruit of the Spirit, but it, like if you look at the fruit of Spirit, that's empathy, right? That's mm-hmm. caring about a human because they're a human. And um, yeah, just like having, having the burden of being the God of my own life, like... I don't, I don't, I don't need to do that. I'm not supposed to do it. I can't do it. Like all the things that I shouldn't, like, I just, it's not worth it. And so I guess a a long roundabout way is like, this was kind of a downer passage going into it, but I actually feel rather uplifted and encouraged by our discussion, right? Like in, in kind of where I feel like I should focus and where I should focus is seeing other people the way God sees them. And that's a super churchy phrase, right? But like focusing on the fact that this person was made in the image of God. And they may look a lot different than me for a number of reasons. Hairstyle, clothes style, color of their skin, uh, uh, how much money they have, you know, or just whatever. They're four feet tall or they're eight feet tall. Like there's a lot of different ways you can look different, right? And um, I guess I'm, I'm hopeful that the Holy Spirit is going to teach me a lot in the coming weeks and months about interacting with people that are different than me and it ain't going to be pretty a lot of the time because we all know I can put my foot in my mouth rather easily, <laughs> but I'm, I'm excited and encouraged about what 
an open and I guess just view of, of other people. Um, I like how freeing that could be, I guess is again, I'm struggling with words tonight. That should have been two sentences and it was about 35. So I apologize. <laughs> there's just, fine. no, there's just, this is such a big, like this is life, right? This is life. And there's a lot that goes into that. And there's a lot to consider, but I guess it just boils down to don't speak evil and value people as image bearers of God. And I think that's a pretty good place to start. Yes. All right. Well, that gets us to the end of the passage for today. (laughs) Next time we get to talk about boasting about tomorrow, according to the, uh, the header for the next section, which, you know, that's a whole nother discussion. So anyways, um, yeah, that's the end of episode 163. Uh, Thanks for listening. And you can check out the show notes at supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash 163 or in your podcast app of choice. There will be links there for all the good stuff. And we'll be back next time. Bye. Bye.